Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Hello. Hello, hello. Good morning. At least it's morning here in Hawaii. It is 7 a.m., which is the earliest I have ever done a podcast in forever. I don't think I've ever done one this early. Why would I? Uh, But I was up already today for an Indie Birth Midwifery School meeting, which we have every Wednesday. And that was at 6 a.m. So somehow I got myself up and in front of the computer quite early this morning. But welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm so glad you're here and you're wanting to listen and chime in perhaps about midwifery and gossip today, um, also known as the sister wound. So I'll be getting there at some point in the next hour. I never know what's going to come out, honestly. Uh, I don't have these planned or scripted. So whatever comes up, comes up. It's sort of a freestyle podcast, as most of mine are. And uh, I usually start with some updates, some personal updates. And also I wanted to share just like a little glimmer of astrology for today, just because uh, I think it really goes along with the topic for today. And I planned this, I planned this topic and this time and date. And then I realized, of course, that the astrology always follows. So um, Venus is square with Uranus today. And uh, the general gist of that is feeling the urge to break free, breaking free of old patterns. And that is, I think, along the theme today uh, of midwifery and gossip, because I'm not going to (laughs) gossip. I'm not going to sit here and we're not going to necessarily just talk about how awful that is. The ultimate goal with speaking out about this kind of thing is that we need to create something new. We need to break this old pattern of the sister wound in the ways that we can. So I'll be speaking to that as we go this morning, or maybe it's afternoon. But uh, yeah, the astrology was right on brand for that. So if you're feeling that in other areas of your life, this kind of need to break free, then you are also right on target for today, which is really cool, always. Okay, well, as I usually start the podcast uh, with some personal updates, we are here. We are here in Hawaii. This is the first podcast that I'm doing from this amazing, beautiful place. I am so honored to be here. Uh, This has been a trip that has been many, many months in the making, so I had the honor of visiting in January of this year. And while I was still here that week, uh, we taught an answering the call to radical midwifery retreat, Margo and I, while I was still here, I wanted to come back. I knew I wanted to come back. And it was a really interesting, just emotional connection to this place that I had never been, at least in this life that I felt so drawn to the energy here and the land here. And so upon leaving and upon suggestion of a friend here, I said a little prayer and offered, you know, offered whatever we offer ourselves, our, our work, our souls 
um, in a positive way to be brought back here if that was the plan, if that was meant to be, if that was part of my soul's journey, and if I were to be invited by the land here. And so it was. Uh, it took, you know, again, several months to make those plans to sort all of the things out so that we could leave our house in Kentucky and bring the eight out of 10 kids with us here. But miracles happen. Magic is always afoot, uh, especially in my life. Magic is the way I live my life and that's what I invite in. So I'm not surprised on one hand. And then I'm also just super humbled and amazed to be living in such a resonant and beautiful place. Uh, so I'm sure there will be, you know, many more podcasts and other creations as we have our time here. And I don't know what that even is at the moment. So Kentucky feels very far away. I do really miss our animals. Uh, those of you that know me know I'm like a total animal nut and they are my children. They are my second set of children. <laughs> so I am missing them, but they're being well taken care of. And I know that they're bringing joy to the people that are taking care of them, which also feels really good. Uh, they don't have to be just mine to bring joy to even though that's been the case, I know they're capable of bringing joy to everyone they meet. And they all have such unique personalities, the dogs, the cats, uh, the chickens too actually have personalities, but mainly the dogs and the cats, you know, are very personable. They're very smart. Um, I'm such a proud dog and cat mom, but they're doing well. And the people that are watching them are doing a great job. And I think are making those connections with them, which is really special. So uh, that's my personal update. There's not too much more to say. I am uh, on a sabbatical, so to speak, from attending births. So I'm feeling really great. I get to just be with my kids and do what I want and be on the beach every day. It's uh, really quite amazing. The only project I really have going is my Magical Mama Circle, and that is always open. In fact, this Sunday we meet and we'll be talking about cycle magic. So if that's something you're interested in, or maybe you have a daughter, a teenage daughter, that's a great topic for teenagers to learn about, for any woman to learn about. And the link to join the circle or to learn more is magicalmama.org forward slash circle. We have two circles a month and the first is a teaching circle. So I'll be presenting this Sunday on cycles and the wisdom that our bodies hold and ritual and those kind of things. And then the second circle of the month is in a couple of weeks and that's an open share circle. So the women come and I don't know, um, I'm kind of wondering <clears throat> slash thinking that sharing the stories of our first bleed might be something we do, but we'll see what comes up for the group. It's a really beautiful group of women all over. And so if you'd like to join us, just check out that link, magicalmama.org forward slash circle and see what you think. Um, you can join for the month. You can join for the year. It's really a beautiful group, especially if you're a woman that is looking for community if you're looking for nourishment, if you're looking for support and direction around creating the best life you can for yourself. And that starts inside. That starts inside. So that actually is a great lead in to the topic today, which is a mouthful, uh, midwifery and gossip, the sister wound, but We'll definitely get to talking about the inside landscape, the internal landscape of our own selves as women when something like this, something external, so gossip, the way midwives notoriously for centuries, I'm sure, 
have um, backstabbed each other, essentially. Like, this is not a funny or fun topic, but it's also really real. And in preparation for just thinking about this and posting it around, um, you know, at least a handful of students were excited and commented just kind of like, wow, um, I didn't know when I wanted to be a midwife, when I got into midwifery, when I got into birth work, I didn't know that midwives were so mean, right? I didn't know that this was a thing. I thought innocently that because midwives serve women, that they would be kind and nice and generous and loving towards their midwife sisters. And I am so surprised that that is not the reality. Now, on one hand, I want to say that that can be the reality, this loving community vibe. That can be, and in some places, perhaps it is. And even really like interpersonally, that's been my experience. I mean, my best friend is a midwife. Uh, we've never, we've never had weirdness or competition around both being midwives. It's irrelevant. Many of my close friends are midwives or student midwives or doulas. And yeah, in that, in that group, um, this vibe of gossip or, or sister wound doesn't seem to exist. So I want to put that out there as well, that it's not impossible to find sisterhood in birth work, but it's also not common, especially in the more mainstream circles. I was reflecting on just how long this has been going on, right? Like how long have women decided to go after other women in whatever capacity. Maybe they're not midwives. It's just this conflict that the feminine seems to bring up. And I do think it's the wounded feminine. I do not think it's our natural feminine nature to be in conflict with other women, at least not all of the time. Uh, and not like on a large, broad scale. But if you don't know, I am offering this, that on a broad scale, kind of like, um, you know, in in communities where, uh, you know, midwives are coming or going specifically, and I'll be very specific, in communities where licensing midwives is mandatory, Ding, ding, ding. I'll get back to that. The backstabbing and the gossip is real. And I'm not going to paint rainbows and unicorns around that, even though I'm a very positive person and I believe we create our own realities. Uh, and I'm not saying this is necessarily something that I participate in. That's This is not my reality that I'm creating, but it is real. It is a reality out there in the world. So if that's news to you, I half apologize, but I think there's good news there as well, which we'll get to, and we'll maybe speak to and hear some comments around how to not participate in that and how we can do better for birth and how we can do better. Because if we're serving women, is it not the most ironic thing that we would behave this way towards other midwives. So uh, back to my initial question, like, where did this start? How long has this been going on? And I think it has been going on for as long as women started to feel insecure in being women. I don't know when that started. My guess is, <coughs> excuse me, you know, when when our society shifted towards being uh, patriarchal and all of that started to roll out around birth where, you know, um, men started to take over this realm 
of birth and healing, women became the enemy. We know that, right? That is in our history, that goes across cultures, that goes across continents. It is a general fact of women's history that this happened at some point in time. So when this happened, when women started to hide their gifts, hide their gifts as healers and as midwives, when they started to be afraid to just be women in their feminine essence, this conflict came in where they had to protect, they had to self-protect. And sometimes, and I'm not saying that this is right, sometimes they had to point the finger at another woman to save their own lives. This is the witch hunt. And again, this goes across cultures. Um, this was in Europe. This was in the U.S. This was in many other places. Women were scared, right? Women were scared and they weren't able to live and, and give and, you know, pray with the moon openly and use plants as healing openly. This is our history. So can we sit with the richness of that history? Um, it's not necessarily a positive sounding history, but that's what it is as far as we can tell. Can we sit with that? You know, can our bodies hold that? Can we be with that? It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable because those themes of persecution, of fear, of not shining our light, we're still living it. We're still living it right now. So that's a choice as well. Um, no one is coming to hang me. Probably no one is coming to hang you. But our bodies do remember, and midwifery has not changed a whole lot, even though it's openly being practiced. But we have this idea of licensing and regulation, and the same vibe, for lack of a better phrase, is still present. There is fear around offering our gifts. There is fear around... Um, you know, showing how we're connected to spirit, to our intuition, we hide these gifts. So you get the picture. In general, I think, I see that women are still not showing up. We're still not shining our light. We're maybe doing little things here and there, hopefully. But the midwifery community as a whole, as like a mainstream blob, um, is not the most uplifted group for these reasons. Many of these women are not women that have sat with these things intellectually and emotionally and spiritually. So what's happening, I think, and this is my perspective on this, I think there's so many women still holding the fear, the judgment, the competition, and the hate for other women, as if doing so would protect their own life. I think it is that serious. I think that is what the body and spirit remembers. So how does that look in 2023, right? Uh, again, we're not being hung. I'm not going to save my own life by gossiping and pointing out what another midwife is doing, but that is still going on and it is really, really detrimental and harmful, obviously. And it's harmful in the internal space. Um, it's harmful for any of us to carry this, to carry these feelings towards what we think is another person. But of course, it's not about another person. We're carrying our own internal consciousness and we're trying to like throw it on people and say, you know, it's her because she doesn't have a license and it's her because uh, she attends breach births or whatever it is. But really it's an internal state of conflict and of judgment and of not being good enough. And ultimately, 
not feeling safe in our own bodies. So by offering this, which, you know, I think is very, very real, um, I'm not excusing the behavior of midwives being really awful to each other. Um, I've been the focus of it many, many times, and I won't say victim because I don't feel victimized and I won't agree to that, but I've been the focus pretty much everywhere I've ever lived. As soon as I show up, people freak out, they get scared, they think it means something. Um, Ultimately, they're probably afraid I'm going to steal all of their clients and, uh, you know, sort of remind them that perhaps their version of midwifery that they're practicing isn't quite resonant with themselves. That's what they're scared of. It has nothing to do with me, nothing at all to do with me. So that is a crucial part of understanding this gossip and sister wound. Uh, When we feel like it's directed at us, we may even be told it's directed at us. Hey, um, you know, the midwives here don't want you. Uh, They're scared of this or that. They're gossiping. They have all these stories. Um, Have to take a deep breath. Get your feet on the earth and feel the things, you know, it's a shitty feeling to feel like other women hate you. That's true. I have felt that. But it's also not my reality. My reality is not based on their judgment or their lack of consciousness. And like I said, has nothing to do with me. So why I'm here, why I came here, what I'm doing is no one's business at all. Um, And, you know, the need to validate that can be there. But I recognize that the fear is so big for midwives, um, especially in a state here And this goes for many states. This isn't just here, but it was also in Kentucky. When I arrived there, same thing. Licensing had just been instituted. And isn't that a horrible word? Licensing had just been made mandatory for midwives in Kentucky. I showed up and that was not what people thought they wanted because I was a threat to their new status quo. And they wanted to be good girls, you guys. They wanted to be good and I'm not a good girl. So I was a threat to their consciousness and their reality. Um, And, you know, lo and behold, two years in Kentucky, and I, with help and community and support, um, was able to really shift the birth scene there and to attend some really wonderful births. And I think to kind of shift the thinking and culture around our options. So, you know, I've learned through doing that when people are not inviting, when they're afraid, when they gossip, um, I can move through that and create really immense change because the fear and the gossip show that the change is really needed. And people are afraid of change. Like they hold on, they grip. Um, There's nothing worse than change. So again, Kentucky, same. Here in Hawaii, same. Licensing has been instituted. Um, I imagine there's a lot of fear for similar reasons. If we're not good girls, what will happen? Uh, You know, some people, and not all, of course, some people feel in some places like, we work so hard for licensing. I know that was the feeling in Kentucky from, you know, some of the more mainstream medicalized midwives. We work so hard for licensing. And who is this person to come and disregard it all? Well, it's a free world as far as I know. Uh, you know, I'm a free being as far as I know. So I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it has nothing to do with anyone else. But it is really fascinating how, again, this fear, um, this internal lack of safety can be projected to other women. So we don't have to accept that, especially when we realize that's what's going on. But we can work on our own sense of safety in ourselves. So if my only way to feel good about the work I was doing was to receive external validation, that would be really difficult, right? Um, And that goes for positive as well. That goes for positive validation. My mentor, Donna Maria, who I love, of course, uh, she has this saying that nothing comes to you. You should not receive anything coming to you from 90 
degrees. So anything on the plane that you're on, any other human sending glorious statements your way, oh, you're so wonderful, we love you, the work you've done is so great, doesn't affect, right? It's not mine to take. And then, of course, there's the opposite. Oh, we hate you. Oh, you're awful. You're bad, blah, blah, blah. No effect. It doesn't take. Uh, because where my guidance comes from, where my internal truth lives, is above uh, by spirit and below the earth's energy. So if I'm connected to above and below, that is what directs my life. And all the other energies, whether they're gossip or praise, are irrelevant. They are reflected back to the sender, which is an even more amazing thing. So send me love, you'll get love back. Uh, send me hate, you'll get that back. And that is the way that I really, really do intend and try to live my life. So that's a perspective that is maybe a little out there for some. But I think we have to go there. We have to start inviting in the support of all of the good things, you know, all of the other realms in discussions like this. Uh, because again, it's not really personal. It's representing a consciousness that I think needs to die. Uh, actually, in advertising this podcast in our newsletter a couple days ago, I said that. I was like, Maybe mainstream midwifery is really trying to murder itself. And perhaps that's not a bad thing. It's not necessarily bad for midwives to gossip because they will eventually burn themselves out. That paradigm will eventually just combust. It doesn't have a life force to grow bigger and stronger on. Um, so I'm also up for that perspective, that when we have these situations, when we have midwives and communities, you know, reporting each other and talking about each other, that in some view, that's perfect. And perhaps it should continue. And we should just allow that facet of midwifery to go, just go. <laughs> We're not into you anymore. Just burn yourself out and let's create a circle of love and support for each other. And that's really easy for me to say, honest to goodness. And it has been for many years because I just don't believe there's competition. So I don't believe it's my job to police another midwife, even if I think whatever I think, whatever is irrelevant that I think, that she's a great midwife, that she's a bad midwife. It's not my business. It's not my job to police her. Um, yeah, it's not my job. It's not my job to police anyone. And I think even that in this conversation is so fascinating because the obvious, so many midwives who even are licensed, um, have worked really hard to be oddballs. Like they're still not part of the system. Even if you're a licensed midwife, doctors don't necessarily respect you. Uh, you're not part of the mainstream medical system. So you're still kind of on the outside and you're potentially used to being targeted or policed, even with a license. So it's so ironic that then women would turn and do that to each other. I remember years and years ago as a student, uh, the midwife I worked with in Arizona initially had just gotten a license and that was an interesting path because she had practiced unlicensed for a couple of decades. Now, I'm not going to go into the story or, or reasoning why she decided that, but she was able to be in that space of now being, you know, um, legitimate. And I say that with air quotes, if you're listening. Uh, she was able to be legitimate, but she never lost whatever it was inside of her that had allowed her to work as a midwife without a license that never would have, you know, turned another person in, never would have turned another midwife in. And I really respected that. And I really appreciated learning that as a student. So even when she was licensed, you know, she knew about midwives doing their own thing. And she said, you know, I will never, I would never 
mess with them. I would never police them. That's not my job to do. And again, that really is something that stayed with me. And even when I was licensed, right, the tables were turned 10 years ago. And maybe I was the one that could have pointed fingers or, you know, this, this person's out there doing that. Do you know about this? And I too had the same vow and I've kept the same vow that it is never my place to interfere with someone, someone's projector, you know, projected life um, with their trajectory. That's the word trajectory of their own path. That's not my business. So that keeps me uh, fairly free from any of it, from gossip or interference. Um, Not to say, you know, I'm human, not to say I don't have thoughts or opinions about some things I think I know, and I probably don't even really know, but of course I do. I just keep them to myself or only share them with maybe one person if I need to like vent or, you know, get that out there. Because in the end, again, I know it's more about me and my own insecurities and my own need to belong that we all have. So on that note, I'm going to take a a little pause here. If you have comments or anything along the lines, I'd love to read them. I know I've been babbling for a while, so let me take a breather and see who's here. Hello, Patty. It's so nice to have you here. And hello, everybody else. I just happen to know Patty. So nice. Um, yeah, Sherry, I, I like your comments. You said also just jealousy and wanting to be the midwife that everybody goes to applies to many aspects in life. Yes, totally. So what is that need, right, that we all have to be recognized, to be appreciated? I think that is a human instinct in some ways maybe is linked to survival, right, in in some kind of way. Um, So I think that's fine, in a way, to acknowledge that in ourselves. Uh, But as we're speaking to here, kind of taking it a step further and feeling those feelings, even if they are of envy or jealousy, and, you know, kind of spreading your poison into the world, trying to affect other people's lives, is, of course, I think, not very cool and not very conscious. And again, does not contribute to the larger picture of community and connection. Although um, it's coming to mind that another aspect to the community discussion is midwives thinking that they kind of own a community. And again, coming here, um, I felt a little bit of that and I felt it last time. And, you know, I felt it everywhere I've gone where it's like, hey, this is our territory kind of thing. And that's a really fascinating thing to sit with. And it has been for me on this side of the fence. Um, I don't know that I've been on the other side of the fence necessarily, I guess there's midwives that have like come into a place that I felt like was really home, but because they did things so differently, I did not feel threatened. I did not feel competition. And I think that was a thread I was going to blab about that I got distracted on. Um, But there is no competition in my mind. Like I'm secure in what I am and what I can offer. And because there's only one of me on earth, I'm not worried about it. Just like there's one of each of you on this earth and no one can be you. It's not possible. No one can be duplicated. So if we're all living and and trying our best to live in our own integrity, then there is no competition. There absolutely is not. So back to the community thing, when a new midwife comes into a community, um, why would there be a threat? You know, in the best case scenario, a community would say, oh my gosh, how great is this? We have another option. And the community may be saying that, but the midwives generally aren't. They are very territorial. And if you didn't know this, there are midwives, and I know at least one personally, 
in Arizona that would make her students sign a no compete agreement. So that is like the ultimate way of trying to control another midwife uh, by making them sign a piece of paper in their studenthood that assures you they will never practice in your, 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 in quotes, area. So I find that almost funny. I find it funny because it's sad. I find it funny because there are people, I suppose, that have agreed to that, which I also find very interesting. Um, They have agreed to not maybe work in the same area as another midwife. And all in all, what is it? It's just a bunch of competition that leads to less development of the community and less options for women. So how can you say that you want options for women because you're a midwife at the same time that you are actively working to make less options for women? It doesn't actually make any sense. But again, none of this necessarily does make sense on some level. And this idea of owning a place um, is very arrogant and full of ego, I think, because none of us own any place. None of us. Even if we think we own house or land, uh, we don't. We don't own any of it. It's not even possible. This belongs to the earth. This belongs to spirit. So um, again, there is no ownership. And midwives that feel really territorial have the option of, uh, you know, sitting with that. And as I'm talking about, you know, doing the internal work to realize their connection with uh, this persecution wound and this sister wound that unconsciously has them targeting other women when it's really not about that at all. It's really not. So, (sighs) such a big topic though. Well, to wrap it up, I don't know that I have too much more to say. I think I've said my piece and maybe it is resonant with you all and maybe it's not. Um, But this is my truth. This is where I stand. This is what I feel in these conversations. Uh, I don't see them necessarily the same way that other people have. And I'm actually grateful that I've been able to kind of be in the line of fire, so to speak, to be able to dig deeper within myself and make sense of this, um, because otherwise it would feel pretty difficult. So how, you know, if you're a new midwife, if you're a student, um, how do you deal with this past what I've shared? Like, is there a practical way of dealing with hearing gossip Um, or being tempted to talk about other midwives and what you think they're doing or not doing. And I think there are just some really basic tips. The first tip that I often pass on to students and I remind myself with, definitely I do remind myself of this, is no matter what I hear in the gossip train in the, you know, telephone, Um, no matter what I hear, I can't verify the truth of that. I can't. I can't verify the truth of that because 99.9% of the time, I was not present for whatever the person is talking about. Usually it's a birth scenario. Oh, did you hear about this? Oh, did you hear what happened? Oh, did you hear what she did? Uh, It's so fascinating that we are still persecuting each other this way. Um, But I have made it a habit over time to not comment on something I don't know about. It's that simple. Um, If I want to know, if I feel like for some reason that's my business, which I have never felt up to this point, uh, then I personally would go to the midwife that I was gossiping about and I would directly ask her for whatever I felt I needed to know, of course, with full awareness that she has no obligation to me, 
Um, but, you know, also in that positively, sometimes positive relationships can develop. We're not talking to each other. That's like the primary, um, you know, that's the primary way that gossip happens. We're not talking to one another. We're talking about and around and very rarely to another human. In all of my years of being in the role of midwife, I have only had one other midwife, and this was very recently, actually, in Kentucky before I left. Uh, and maybe she's listening to this podcast. So if you are, I want to thank you for being the only midwife that ever came to me, came to my office, wanted to schedule a nice visit. We had some tea and she had some questions. She had heard some things about me and she wanted to ask me directly. And, you know, I was transparent. I didn't have to be, but I was transparent. I was happy to answer her questions because she came to me. And guess what? None of the things she had heard were actually true. So um, I would venture to guess that it felt good on both sides to have made this conversation, to have made this connection. I was grateful to her for actually coming to me directly. And in turn, she got the truth. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine actually hearing what did happen or didn't happen from the actual source. Wow, we would have nothing to do with ourselves anymore. Um, we wouldn't have gossip to spread. So those are my tongue-in-cheek recommendations. Don't comment about something you know nothing about. Uh, don't believe any of the stories. And if you really feel like you need to know or ask, then approach that person directly. And again, they may feel um, open in answering you. They may not, but you tried, you tried. And I would venture to guess that most of the time, if we were to do that, uh, the rumors we're hearing are completely false. A great example of that was years ago when I did give my midwifery license back in Arizona. Uh, that was over 10 years ago. It's the long story of what happened there. And you can read our book. So I am, I think, one of the most transparent people alive. Um, I don't hide a lot. Like I do have a private life and I like to keep that private. Um, but as far as midwifery goes, my journey is out there. You can read a whole freaking book about my experience. Uh, and, you know, my podcast continues to do that. So in the book, you can read what actually happened, which is nothing um, there. You know, a doctor reported me to the hospital, blah, 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 blah. It kind of snowballed. And the state of Arizona decided that maybe I shouldn't have a midwifery license. And in that whole time, it was like two years, I heard so many rumors and stories about myself, about this, you know, alleged birth that had caused this whole chain of events. And I can laugh now because it's 10 years and I could laugh a little then, but it was so insane. It was like kindergarten. Um, you know, I lived up in Sedona, kind of in the mountains, not very, uh, you know, not in the city. And so during that time, when I would go down to the city or I would hear gossip from other midwives, um, again, there was always a story attached. And it was like, are they talking about me? Like, really? Um, I mean, there were stories, babies had died and this happened and that happened. And um, you know, knock on wood, that has never been my story, gratefully. Uh, although that does bring up an interesting point. If it had, if a baby had died, if something hadn't been perfect, um, is that also a reason to go after another midwife? Is that really your business? Uh, I would say no. And I would say that for midwives that have experienced those kind of outcomes, which is pretty much everyone, that I know, um, if you do this long enough, I feel grateful to have been spared that. Um, but why would we assume that it was anyone's fault? I think that's also a really disgusting, I'll be frank, disgusting part of the gossip train that even midwives will, you know, pull out um, a false story of an unfortunate outcome 
and use that to their gossip advantage. I think that is really disturbing, uh, you know, to, to contort those kind of stories, especially when they involve other people. They involve a pregnant woman and her baby and her family and to make up nonsense. So again, I could half laugh. I did. I still do. But none of those things were true. And none of those things have ever been true. But those are the gossip rumors that midwives love to fly. So I'm sure you'll hear it in your community. It will always be, oh, so-and-so did this. Did you hear about this? Did you hear what happened? And my advice would be to say to that person, were you there? Do you know the story 100%? Did you see it with your own eyes? And chances are they will say no. And that cuts the gossip off. And maybe that is the easiest and simplest way to start breaking these chains, breaking this sister wound chain between another, because we don't need it, right? We are able to each be in this world shining our light. We are able to all be in this world being loving uh, to the best of our ability. And if we can't be loving, then we can just be neutral, right? And we're all here for a reason. So as the sun comes in shining on my face, uh, I will kind of wrap up with that. We are all here for a reason. And whether you're a doula or a midwife, gossiping and, you know, creating conflict is not the way to shine your own light in the world. In fact, it takes up a lot of time, I would imagine. So if you're somebody that has like goals and aspirations and projects and passions, then you really just don't have time to focus on someone else, even positively. I don't have time to care about what anyone else is doing. Um, If they're doing something really awesome, it's cool to be like, oh, wow. Yay, sister. Good for you. I love it. Um, But I don't have time outside of that to criticize what people are doing or not doing because I got 10 kids and a business and a life, right? So um, always bring it back, I think, to ourselves. What can we do to better the world? What can we do to like literally shine a light onto the reasons that our soul is here? I think that is a beautiful conversation. And any midwife that wants to have it with me, I would love that. I wanna talk about how to make the world a better place and how to serve women better, and how to take a break, and how to take care of ourselves. Um, I'm here on vacation. I want nothing to do with birth outside of, um, if you saw on my Instagram, the pregnant gecko we have. That's the extent of me being a midwife right now. So can we respect each other in our wholeness? Uh, Can we respect that being a midwife is only one little part of my being? And I can look at other midwives and say, um, you're a beautiful human. You know, being a midwife is just one part of who you are. And I don't need to attack that part because I'm secure in myself. All right, friends, uh, I'm going to sign off here. I'm so glad you joined me for this live podcast. And if you're listening after the fact as an actual podcast on iTunes or whatever, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think about this and what resonated for you and what didn't and what felt good and what you got from this. Because I do think it's a really important message. And collectively, we can change the vibe. We don't have to, you know, go into the gutter uh, with this topic. We can rise up and lift each other up. Last but not least, I just want to uh, share with you all that there will be some major changes to Indie Birth Midwifery School. And the changes are coming from a place of major transition for myself and for Margo. We're both experiencing major life transitions right now. Um, And so the school is going to reflect that, you know, my time off as a midwife has already influenced me so much. You guys, like I could do 10 more podcasts on how my perspective has changed from having this time off. And so the school is going to really reflect those changes and the increased, um, resonance we have with the sacred. We really want to 
shift things. So point for now is that the Indy Birth Midwifery School will likely have a fairly good discounted sale here at the end of August. So stay tuned for that. And anybody that enrolls with that sale will still get the program as it is now, which is great. I love it. There are so many students in it that love it. It is amazing. So if you want to get in on kind of like this program as it stands now, um, I would urge you to do that this month when we offer this sale. And if now is not the right time, that's fine. You can always enroll later, uh, probably in the same program for the next month or two until we kind of like create and unearth this new thing. So those are some really big indie birth announcements. Uh, I think that's it for me now. It is barely eight o'clock here. So I'm going to get out for my walk and eat some breakfast. But I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, Marin at IndieBirth.org. I'd love to see any of you in the Mama's Circle, the Magical Mama's Circle. And I'll see you here when I see you. I don't know when or what the next topic is, but let me know if you have anything you'd love me to talk about. And I wish you a beautiful day. Thanks for being here, everybody. 